Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Sustainably You podcast. Um, my name is Viva. I'm your host and with me is Simi. Simi. My name is Simi. Yes. And we have a very special guest today. Her name is Jennifer Salt and she is the founder of Thrift for Good. Thank you so much for having me. It's my honor to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for coming, Jennifer, especially that it's weekend for you. I mean, it's my pleasure. After, Best after, way to spend a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <you> think? <laughs> yeah, it's, a good, it's up there. <laughs> I'm happy Talking about that. sustainability, let's do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're so passionate about it that we invest our weekends also into yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. So let's start with um, uh, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself today. Um, what is Thrift for Good? A little bit about your career. And maybe if you want to tell us about your family. Yeah, my pleasure. So I'm going to start with Thrift for Good. Okay. My baby. Yes. Um, so Thrift for Good is a brand of charity thrift shops here in the UAE. We currently have two stores, one in Times Square Center, one on the Palm Jumeirah and an online shop as well. And the concept is people donate their pre-loved clothing um, in any condition. We take care of it, we sell it, we recycle it, and we donate 100% of our profits to help children around the world in partnership with the local nonprofit Golf for Good. Um, and going to a little bit about me, I guess, it's intertwined with our founding story, which is convenient. <laughs> um, so my background is in charity fundraising. I'm from Canada originally, and I got inspired at a very young age to start fundraising for kids. So I was very lucky that, you know, my career, my purpose, everything propelled in that direction. Um, I found myself in Dubai working with various charities until I ended up with Golf for Good. And they were by far um, the most transparent, honest, meaningful nonprofit that I had worked with. Um, they can't get rid of me. I was so inspired by them. <laughs> um, and essentially, when I was working as the operations manager there, almost every single day, people would call us up on the phone saying, I have stuff I want to give you or I want to volunteer my time. And Golf for Good's model is amazing. It's uh, they empower people by taking them on life changing adventures. So, for example, climbing Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain in Africa, and people will raise sponsorship for the charity. They'll go climb the mountain. They'll visit the kids. They'll learn what they're doing. And that's the impact. So there wasn't really capacity for all of the secondhand clothing and volunteers. And so what we just started doing is me and some friends started holding flea market sales on the weekends to raise a little bit of extra money. And now six years later, oh my God, <laughs> has it ever taken off? So um, eventually I made the decision to leave golf for good and do thrift for good full time. And we opened our first store two years ago on the Palm. Wow. wow. So just to give a little bit background, Gulf for Good is part of the humanitarian city. Exactly. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. So they're a registered nonprofit organization and we're their sister social enterprise. So everything we do is to help Gulf for Good's projects. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. It's not just sustainability that uh, you help achieve, but also uh, bring some smiles and bring food and bring homes to small kids uh, across the world. I mean. Yeah. What better collaboration can it be? It's, uh, it's not, not just environmental sustainability, but also social. Yeah, and, and I think really in a global perspective, getting sustainability globally, if kids have better, brighter futures, I think that makes an impact on the planet as well in time, right? Um, but yeah, we fund health, healthcare, and housing. 
Um, and it's, it's great to see that we are changing lives, you know, through selling clothing. So yeah, so I'm very lucky. So, so just getting to know you also mm -hmm. a little bit. Honestly, I've never met anybody who's had a history, uh, a career in social work before. So what inspired you to get into this? Was it, do you have family members who are also into this? Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in a pretty small place in Canada where people never leave, but we have a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the easier places in Canada to come into. So we have a lot of different nationalities setting okay. up their home. Um, when I was in school, the majority of my classmates were Filipino, just coincidentally. Most of my childhood friends are from the Philippines. But they would talk about, you know, cousins that didn't have education. They would talk about, you know, how their family was struggling back home. Um, so it was in high school that we banded together and we started fundraising. And that lit a spark. Um, and I have a family member that was fundraising for that charity as well. So it just, it just you know, the stars aligned and it worked in my life to start doing something from a young age. It's funny when, when you when in my mind when I think about Canada it's probably it's just naive but I think a lot of different culture I feel a country who is very sustainable um, not not sustainable but they they work towards sustainability quite a bit then in comparison to the rest of the world but yeah I mean that having that multicultural backgrounds in a small city yeah yeah so so you must have fit right in in Dubai. Because even over here, yeah. <laughs> we have like, I don't know, 200 different nationalities. So yeah, it's one of the things I enjoy most about this city, you know, okay. that you get to meet people from every, you know, every part of the globe. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Then you came here to Dubai. Yes. So was it marriage that got you here? Or ah. was it yes? <laughs> Usually it is, right? <laughs> so yes, I followed a boy here. Yeah. The boy did not last, but the city did. So <laughs> that's always the story. <laughs> yeah. Mostly. <laughs> and now it's home. Like, yes, yeah. I love living here. There's so much to do and everything you need. Yeah. 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 And, and there's so much scope for the kind of work that you're doing here because I feel like there's not enough people and we need such dedicated people yeah. who invest their time and effort into something yeah, we like this. Yeah, can have the biggest impact here. Like thrift stores in Canada, not a new concept. Every yeah, second street corner, exactly. people know what it is. Here, it's, a lot of people have never heard of heard thrifting of before. And that's such a great opportunity to change mindsets. And especially Dubai, it has a pretty consumeristic culture, can be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just shifting those mindsets to make it more sustainable is really exciting. Now that that gets me to a very perfect question. Um, where where we're talking about thrifting, that's not uh, it's not a Dubai concept. Mm -hmm. um, however, having said that, uh, there's a lot of secondhand shops that has popped up in the last three, four, five years. Yeah. So. Can you tell us how is it different to a regular secondhand shop? Yeah, so our store, um, we were completely unique in many different ways. The most prominent is the charity. So mm -hmm. with us, we're not private. We keep our expenses as low as possible. Uh, we donate as much as we possibly can to those kids around the world. Um, so that's the first difference. There's only Dubai Center for Special Needs that has a similar concept in Dara, and they're great. You should check them out as well because it's for a cause. Um, but what we also do is we only put the perfect quality stuff in store. So when you come in, you don't have to worry about rips and holes. And we compete with the first-hand brands that are out there in terms of what you'll find in our stores. We really do try. Um, and also our price point, we keep it genuine thrift. So we're also 
you know, you'll find secondhand boutiques that are a little bit higher in price, but ours is extremely accessible. Our prices start at five dirhams to 30 for the majority of things and then go up based on the brand. So we are a seventh of the price new. So, um, yeah. 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 I mean, from what I know, a lot of the secondhand stores here are also targeting like luxury yeah, categories. Yeah. So it's a lot of pre-loved luxury products. So this is really unique yeah. in that concept. We, we don't discriminate on the brand. Yeah. We sell every brand we get. Yeah. Um, and just offer it for the right price, essentially. And also we're volunteer run. I don't think anybody else in the secondhand space is doing that yet. Mm -hmm. So it's great because we're engaging the community. We're engaging, especially a lot of young minds to teach them about sustainability and giving back. And so we're very excited to be doing that as well. So how does that work when it's um, summer season in Dubai <laughs> or in the UAE? You cannot find a soul on the street. I mean, I think last couple of years was different, uh, yeah. but otherwise it could be quite a have a job to find a volunteer <laughs> at two months <laughs> of summer yeah i will admit our summer was a little bit slower yeah. Yeah. um and but we really have like different demographics during the year versus the summer during the year we've got you know a lot of moms who are looking for something to do during their day and it's more students evenings weekends but during the summer you come in and it's like run by students which is really cool and exciting um and luckily we haven't we haven't been in a position where the volunteers are a problem. Um, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. So, so do you also get volunteers for from Gulf for Good? So people who sign up and register there. Absolutely. Okay. So the Gulf for Good community is is our it's very big. Yeah, they okay. definitely support us in big ways, and okay. and I think just through the grapevine a lot. Um, there are many wonderful volunteering opportunities here, but. Google likes us, so when you type in volunteer in <laughs> Dubai, we're, we're one of the top, so oh, we're wow. very lucky for That's that. That's great. Yeah. I also think it's it's also uh, one of the things that you do not find. I remember when I initially moved to the UAE, I would Google volunteer work available or some, some stuff like that, and it's difficult to find places yeah. where they, they need volunteers, right? Um, now, by all means, it's getting better. I mean, there's so many things you can actually volunteer for. Yeah. But it's 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 good to know. I also think it's because you you do not have to really uh, probably have to dedicate so many days and so many hours. Yeah, we're pretty flexible, yeah. and the onboarding process is very easy. So people just come for one hour training, and then it's essentially an open space for them to come whenever they're free. Whenever you know, we do expect a minimum commitment if they're in stores. But even our weekend markets, you don't have to have any prior experience training to just show up for a day and help out. Um, so I think that's part of why we always have a lot of volunteers too. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little bit biased, but our people really enjoy the space. They have fun. Next time they come, they bring a friend and this effect, like we're, we're really lucky to have a great community of people who love working with us. So I think in the UA yeah. sustainability space, that's how things work. It's all about one person knowing the other and it's, it's kind of a network yeah. space, yeah. right? It is, it is yeah. a small community. Yeah. I mean, all the Facebook groups that I'm part of, kind of has all the similar people in the in there you know like zero waste groups or the composting or the gardening groups and yeah so, so it, it is a small tight-knit community yeah. i'm gonna start looking up for your name on this list <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it is so um the things that's in good nice quality um and it, it's intact you sell in your own stores yes 
Well, I'm sure you also find a lot of high quality, high end brands. Uh, do you sell them in your store or do you kind of um, give it away to one of the biggest stores who can probably give you a better price? Um, so yes and no. Okay. Uh, we do our best to authenticate in-house and we sell it in-store if mm -hmm. we're confident about the authenticity. Uh, we are in partnership with the Luxury Closet because they have better skills in terms of authentication. Mm -hmm. So if we're unsure about the authenticity, we give it to the Luxury Closet, they authenticate, they sell, or they give us back the stuff that's not authentic and we clear that not in the store. So yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and what happens to the goods uh, that's, that cannot be sold? Yeah, so you mean, so we do our best really to extend the life of every piece of fabric we receive. So sometimes, gosh, so much of the clothing is just missing a button or has a simple rip on a seam or has a stain or, so we take the time and effort to fix those things. Mm -hmm. Stitch in Time is sponsoring us for things like zipper replacements or delicate replacements on higher brands, uh, repairs on higher brands. Um, Champions Cleaner sponsors our washing. So we really take care to bring as much clothing as we can to be perfect condition so we can sell it in store. Mm -hmm. um, but we do the flea markets on the weekends to clear out the stuff that can't be fixed, the stains that don't come out, the whatever. So, and we clear it essentially at five dirhams per piece every single weekend. You'll find us at Dubai Flea Market hustling yeah. to sell these clothes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now in the sun, but it's all good fun. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, and then the stuff that won't sell at flea market, it's just not usable anymore you know, like the fake leather that's peeling, things that won't sell. We work in partnership with Kizwa. And as part of their CSR, they buy that product at two dirhams per kg and they send it to Turkey to recycle into furniture. So we are so happy that any conditioned textile does not go into the landfill with us. It goes part of this loop and yeah. those perfectly good materials are used as much as they possibly can be. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. So you're closing the loop and you're just making sure that anything that comes through you is being um, is being reused in a safe way. Yeah, we promise our donors zero waste. And I right. think that's what makes us unique. Um, nothing against the charity bins that are in Dubai, but we don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think those yeah. are the challenges now with, within the governance to, to monitor and to bring that transparency in all these things. I mean, there is a lot of charities going around, but the transparency is the biggest problem, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that in next few years to come uh, before the COP28, that's, that's the biggest challenge, if you ask me, there is one. The amount of fashion waste that exists right now. People love clothes here. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it is a shopper's paradise, you know, and people, I used to be like that. Like I think five years ago, I was shopping every two months and buying nonstop, and it was just a habit. You know? And you never see what's there on the label, what cloth it is, where yeah. it's coming from, how is it stitched. As long as it looks beautiful, let's yeah. go and get it. I don't I mean, want to. Brand. I mean, for a girl, this is <laughs> what she wants to do. You know, be on trend, look good, look fashionable, and especially the culture here is also very. Um, focused on that, that that you do dress well, you look presentable, you yeah. you look good, you know. So so yeah, there, how was it very difficult for you guys to to get the right customer base? Given that people here kind of status conscious, um, they want they invest in these things seriously because mm -hmm. they care about how they look. Yeah. So uh, yes and no. So when we first launched. We were amazed by how much uptake we got because it, 
this doesn't exist in a big way here. And we have the sustainably minded people who are hungry for that guilt-free solution to how how to enjoy shopping, how to enjoy clothing. Exactly. You, know? <laughs> you know, not to feel guilty when they go into a first-hand store, but that. And also having, we launched pretty much in COVID <laughs> times. So a lot of people were looking for cheaper alternatives to their clothing. And we gave that without compromising on quality. Um, so we had that base as well. And then there are sometimes people who come in and they go, oh, it's pre-loved. But I'm really excited about seeing those mindsets change as we say, it's the same thing, it's perfect condition, give it a try. It's also more sustainable, it's charitable, it's, it competes with the firsthand status in so many ways. So for me, it's, it's the first choice, it's the better choice. Um, and encouraging customers to shop. If they're going to go firsthand, go sustainable firsthand, you know, go the right choice firsthand and then keep that item going as long as possible. Um, so yes and no, our challenge now is getting the word out about us. Not too many people know we exist yet, um, but once they hear about us, we find that there's there's a lot of excitement and engagement and yeah. But from the first time, um, just to extend on what we passed, um, the, from the first time that you launched to yeah. now, do you see the surge of people or, 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 or the consciousness of people change? Is it is it more and more people coming to your store, more and more people bringing stuff and buying stuff? Yes, yeah, so it's definitely on an up and up. As people are learning about us, we're seeing more customers, we're seeing that community expand. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we're seeing it expand to the people that wouldn't regularly shop thrift either. I mean, little by little. Um, the sustainably minded, the budget friendly, they've always been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but what's really, really interesting is to see people who wouldn't normally shop secondhand starting to yeah starting to try yeah. i mean I, i've gotten so many amazing pieces from from thrift for good Yay. because i've been a customer <laughs> and uh, and every time i go out like with my cousins my friends and you know they'll tell me oh, this looks so nice you it's really pretty and i always be like it's from thrift for good <laughs> you know you guys should really go there <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah yeah so so the activist part of me comes out then. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And it's almost like bragging rights, you know, like I got this for 30 dirhams. Yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what I do. And I can I can watch for that because some some stuff that Dua wears, I just feel that's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is so pretty. Where did you get it? Oh, okay. I should have guessed it. <laughs> like, it it's amazing. Yeah. And she's somebody she never wants to buy anything. Like she will buy take her parents um her mom's old clothes <laughs> yeah <laughs> things yeah. like that so yeah i mean i mean that's what i've done maternity like this i borrowed from my sister this is and, beautiful by the way yeah mm -hmm. yeah and and uh, because like maternity is such a like a time it's so temporary you know your body in the state so yeah actually i had all these cousins and they all gave me their stuff from their maternity uh where so yeah it's funny been, enough it's it, we we kind of matching today and we yeah. did not actually <laughs> plan, we did not plan it yeah it's so weird like the colors. Like pink linen yeah. yeah yeah and but but you know i was wondering you said no stripes no patterns i mean i have limited choice right now <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, it's gonna be stripes and patterns sometimes yeah i yeah. usually go for white but i don't know uh, why it was uh, i love white though yeah me too it's I my like favorite to. color um, I like to just stick my head out in a white because <laughs> I love white. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a white is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks a gorgeous great. color. It looks great. Yeah. 
So, so how do you how do you sustain this um, business? Mm-hmm. Because you you have some costs, you have some overheads, you have two stores now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know you're using volunteers, mm-hmm. but um, what about the other costs? Do they come from? Do you get even any support from the government because you're also a charity? So we're pretty new. So yeah. the government supports us in giving us the fundraising approvals, the volunteer approvals, allowing us to do what we do in, uh, in this beautiful place. But the financial sponsorship, fair enough. Hopefully that will come someday in the future. Um, right now what we do is we try to cap our overheads at 50% of the revenues. So if you buy 100 dirhams worth of product, 50 goes to the kids, 50 goes to our expenses. And we still do, like I can't get any consideration yet on rent, you know, utilities, um, staff, we have very skeleton staff with very modest salaries, trust me. We try to keep our expenses as low as possible. Right. Um, yeah, and we fluctuate to just, you know, try to cut back our expenses. But the ultimate aim is to just grow the revenues, grow the revenues, and that way that percentage is smaller. Um, and we do have a lot of corporate partners at this stage who help us out. Um, I, I could start listing them, it would take quite a while. Um, but just as an example, when we opened our second store, Mace Group came in and they sponsored the fit out of that space. So that was a huge expense saver for us. And as we grow, donating 100% of your profits isn't the most sustainable way to grow. I know that, but that's why we rely on partners to help us to to help you know with in kind sponsorship or financial sponsorship to to grow to grow. Yeah. And and how does this um, outreach effort work with corporate partners? I mean. Mm-hmm. I could get involved in this, you know, if, if that was an opportunity there. We would absolutely love yeah. that. Like yeah. I said, we can't grow without our corporate partners. Yeah. And we found that there's such a strong um, force in Dubai. So we've started doing every single Friday is a corporate day in our stores. So we reserve corporate groups to come in and volunteer for the day, do team bonding activities while literally doing a store takeover. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> that sounds fun. It is fun. Yeah. Like, people enjoy it. And, yeah. and it includes like, you know, sorting the donations, steaming, pricing, customer service. People literally show up on the day and we, we show them how to do it and they just take over. Um, and we either ask for, you know, a small donation to cover the expense of the staff member we need for that. Or a lot of companies choose to match the day's sales, which is also a really, really great thing. Okay. Um, and we also have different engagement opportunities. If that's too much, we can do a little lunch and learn where we educate your staff on sustainable fashion and just have a conversation going about it. Um, and bigger opportunities, we are looking for uh, companies that can offer in-kind services. So for example, we have a bit of a gap in our marketing. If there's a company that could take on PR services, printing sponsorship, we have a list on our website of our current in-kind needs or, of course, financial sponsorship as well. And that could be something like our third store. We need 60000 to open that space. So if a company did that, we could guarantee we would raise that much every yeah. single month yeah. from that space. So it's a great way to make sure that your donation continues giving for years into the future. Yeah, I mean, that's really great because every company here has some or the other CSR activity that they want to do, they have to do. Yeah. Um, and and this also ties in with sustainability. Mm-hmm. So it also kind of takes another agenda that, you know, these companies also have. So it's it's a really actually great I initiative. I also think it's yeah. also a regional, n- not regional, but 
Gulf as a region um, is very, they are very high on donations and charity work because that's part of one of the things they need to do as part of their religious uh, requirements. requirements yeah, yeah. That to, to give, especially yeah. during uh, Ramadan. Ramadan yeah. and, you know, they, they have so, so yeah, it's, it's a great, it's, it's a great uh, space or country or region to be in. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not discounting other places or not. Uh, but when it comes to CSR, is there other programs that people can sign up uh, as corporates, like yeah. some giveaways or you go in? Yeah, I mean, we're very creative and open to ideas and a lot of companies will tell us what they want and we'll find a way to make it work. Um, one thing I did forget to mention also is we do clothing drives with companies. Mm -hmm. So last Ramadan, we engaged about 20 companies for their staff to give through giving their clothing, clearing out their closets. And that translates into, you know, donations for kids as well. Right. Um, and we're working on, we have a certificate we give right now that says, okay, you donated this many kgs, approximately this many items. It will raise this much for charity. So it's a great thing that companies can talk about. And it's exciting that in the UAE, carbon emissions, offsetting carbon emissions is being put on the agenda. So I think within this year, companies will really matter, uh, really care about offsetting carbon emissions, which we do through recycling your clothes, you're taking care of that. So we're hoping to add that to our certificate so that companies can get that carbon tax credit as well through doing clothing drives. So Wow, that's, yeah, I think that's a great way to uh, work towards COP28 agendas, not just for yourself, but also for the corporates. Most of whatever you generate goes to kids. Uh, so would you, would you be able to tell a little bit more about that? Uh, who are uh, who are these little kids? Where are yeah. they from? Um, I also hear you're planning to build a school or uh, buy a space, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, yes. you guys will have to uh, tell me when I've gone on too long because I can talk <laughs> about this all day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so at Golf for Good, they choose four to five different children's charity projects every single year. Mm -hmm. um, and often going back to ones they've worked with in the past to make sure the sustainability piece is there. And the projects that we choose are always based around making the charity on the ground stronger. So, for example, I'm going to talk about the Sparkle Foundation. It's our current project. We're raising 325,000 dirhams, and we're only like 20,000 away from that goal, oh, which wow. is really exciting. Um, and the Sparkle Foundation exists in Malawi. They just registered a local branch here in Dubai as well. Check them out. Um, and they have two schools in Malawi uh, accommodating 350 kids that can't afford education. And what they found is that the kids would oftentimes come to school so hungry because they haven't eaten, that they'd be falling asleep, they can't focus on the school. So what they do is they started introducing a daily meal program. But unfortunately, Malawi, as maybe a lot of places in this world will experience, is going into a bit of a food crisis. Food prices are going up. Um, so the solution that, we've, that they've come up with is to buy farmland so that they can sustainably feed the kids and also sell the extra produce at market to raise sustainable revenues and hopefully, like, you know, feed the community, save lives. Hopefully it doesn't get that bad. Um, so we're very excited. The funding will cover the land, the equipment, labor, everything to get them set up. So we're very excited that we'll be able Good to girl. celebrate that. Yeah. 20,000 yeah. dirhams. Yes. Oh, yeah. we're so close. Come yeah. on, guys. Yeah. I'm sure one of you are out there and would love to give that money away to Trip for Good. Reach out to their website. Yeah. Uh, they have a list of people they work with. It's it's an amazing opportunity. But, but it's... it's I feel like it's such a thoughtful 
um, initiative because you are not just relying on funding to mm-hmm. feed people. You're actually buying a farmland and growing on there. And it's just like initially you need that investment and then it just continues. Exactly. That's the um, perfect model in exactly. our eyes. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously you, you uh, we get to see it on on most things that you do, like even the corporate um, initiatives that you said. Mm-hmm. That you let them take do a little bit, and then it 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 carries on. Um, yeah, I mean that's the only way to make it sustainable because you probably would not be able to do everything. Yeah, uh, nobody no. can. But then you just hold hands, and then there's a there's a train all over the world, and somebody is doing something because you you kind of put a penny in there. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. And I think we do our best to find smart solutions, you know, Mm -hmm. things that keep creating impact even after, you know, nobody like we could build a school, but if there's no staff there, like, you know, so we want to do as smart projects as possible Mm -hmm. as possible. And it's a great system. It's very accountable with Go For Good because they have groups going to visit the project. I was in Malawi a couple of months ago. I met the kids. I saw the school. I saw the space they were looking to buy, you know, and it's um, and with the project process as well like the reporting is very clear it's something that i want us to start listing on our website so anybody can see like okay this was the project this was done well so yeah yeah the transparency and data i mean exactly yeah. yes it's so key it's so key yeah no i i think it, it it also helps in um when you when you're planning to give um uh, the carbon credits and things like that that transparency then just um, multiplies uh, into something completely different, yes. and hopefully, they, then there there are ways and technology um, assisted uh, things to make sure that these are captured and um, there there is accountability to all of that. Yeah. yeah, and what I find exciting about data transparency as well, because we're so community based and led, we are we send our finances to all of our you know three hundred volunteers every single month, and what's great is they come back with questions, with suggestions, with you know, and if it was just me, I wouldn't get that. Like, no, oh, yeah. we can save money here. Exactly, so, it's a community effort. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And 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 allows it to evolve, constantly change as per the market changes, as per the needs of the people change. So yeah, that's really great that you take that input. I think it's so important. Yeah, for any charity, be transparent, even if the numbers aren't always perfect. It's I so think that's a great way, not just for just for charities, but any businesses. If there is a multiple say, uh, multiple voices, that's where innovations and uh, ideas happen. Because there are, as one person, there's only so much you can think about. But when mm-hmm. two people, you and me, are talking, there there would be so much sparks in there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Two heads are better than one. Definitely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You <laughs> talked about your history in social work and how you got inspired to be part of that. But I also wanted to know a little bit about what started your journey into being sustainable. Mm. Um, where did that come from? Yeah. Um, so growing up in Canada, my favorite place on the planet still is, is my grandparents' cabin. So I go there every single weekend and just immerse myself in nature. It's still my favorite to just go out, enjoy the green, the outdoors. And I think that came with a lot of respect and love for nature. And from Canada, you know, we recycle, we do all the basics. So when I got here, it was always pushing the envelope for, okay, how do we recycle? How do we do this? How do we do that? Um, Secondhand, I mean, it started the switch when I went to flea markets and started learning more. Um, 
and it just it kind of spiraled from there to be honest so as i got more embedded in thrift for good i got more excited about sustainability i met really great people like you like your friend dua <laughs> for example who was a pivotal force in terms yeah. of pushing me towards zero waste and just through conversations you learn okay it's easy to compost it's easy to do this it's easy and one change after another i became an environmental nut case so if people have to reach you um mm-hmm want to volunteer, want to give their clothes, buy clothes. Uh, you, you already said wh- where, where your store locations are. Um, wh- what else can they do uh, to, to be part of Thrift for Good? Yeah, our calls to action are threefold, as you just listed. So volunteer your time, come help us out, come sort some clothes, come find some treasure. Um, on our website, you'll see um, the tab volunteer. There's a form for you to sign up for your induction and just come on in. The second, of course, is clearing out your closet to us. Um, so you can either drop off your clothes in either store, any day, anytime, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Or thanks to Shift Courier, we have a free collection service. They sponsor that. Um, so again, on our website, you'll see there's a form you can fill in to schedule your time. Shift will come and they'll drop the clothes to us. Um, and third, of course, shop sustainable fashion. Come into the <laughs> store, have some fun with us. Yeah, um, yeah. And and yeah. what I really like about your store, and I, I've shopped there, is just the ambience is so nice. Everything is so neatly organized. You can find whatever you're looking for. There's like books and accessories and. So I, I actually go there and I'm like, I'm going to spend two hours here <laughs> just looking through all the things. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's a really store. nice ambience as yeah. well. Retail yeah. therapy is always good, especially <laughs> when it's uh, sustainable and you know that you're not um, buying uh, from uh, fast fashion. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. We really try. Yeah. It's not always perfectly organized, but yeah. we do really yeah. try. Yeah. All the volunteers do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, it's visible. It's, it's visible. You know, the effort is there. You just made my day. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so guys, come and check out uh, Thrift for Good. It's at Times Square at um, Nahil Mall. Yes. The Golden Nahil Mile Gallery at Building 8 on the Palm Jumeirah. Yes. yes. Check them out. Uh, come and talk to Jen once in a while, or maybe every day. <laughs> My phone is available. Open. Yeah, <laughs> she might be in the store too. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully, we we and um, Trip for Good gets to hear from you with a lot of uh, good news. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Thank you for listening to us and yes. thank you Jen for thank you so much us. Jennifer it's my pleasure thank yeah. you so much and thank you guys for doing this great initiative we had a great time yeah, yeah. <laughs> you too <laughs> yeah three girls talking about shopping and fashion yeah what's there not to like and yeah. then we uh, we mix in sustainability that's great Th- yeah yes. even better cherry on the cake yes, yes. my perfect Sunday so thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much take thank care you.